0: Don't worry, those were healthy pores. We already have some in our glasses. And let me tell you, we're gonna need it. <laughs> Hi, welcome to, unofficially, Season 2 of Perder She Wrote. I'm your host, Dana Lococo. And I am your other host, Sunshine LaMontree. Everyone, welcome back. Um,
1: if you're still listening to Earth's Only Cozy Cat history <laughs> Podcast...
0: As far as we know, the only Cozy Cat podcast in the universe. Yes. We
1: apologize for our very long gap in posting episodes. Uh, As we've mentioned in previous podcasts, we sadly have day jobs that are not cat podcasting. (laughs) Um, But luckily, we've been able to uh, find some spare time, read a couple Cozy Cat mysteries, and get this show back on the road. We are so excited
0: for this episode 17. We are in episode 17. Holy moly. All right, so we read a sequel this time.
1: This is a perter she wrote first. Typically, we've bounced around from book one of almost a dozen Cozy Cat mysteries. We figured for unofficial season two, we would go back to where it all began. And uh, we read the 30th book in patricia fry's klepto cat series
0: revenge at its felinest
1: what a title
0: Ooh, and what a book
1: now if you have not uh listened to our first episode klepto cat one Catnapped, i highly recommend you go back and give that one a listen start from the beginning because we will be returning to that familiar territory of garbage people and the cats that love
0: them god damn you michael ivey oh man he is back on his bs he is not a fine wine or cheese he does not get better with age no he just gets worse and worse so much worse
1: so sunshine yes why book 30 why not book four or 15.
0: Again, I think the whims of the Amazon algorithms led us to this moment to book 30 as we were thinking, gosh, we really should get back to that Patricia she wrote podcast that we love hosting so much. To talk about garbage people and cozy cat rubrics and all of that stuff. Uh we stumbled upon because we do every so often wonder what is Patricia Fry up to huh. nowadays. What could she possibly be filling her days with? How many books deep is she now? Uh, We stumbled upon the synopsis for book 30, and we knew at that very moment that this was the one. Not book four. Not book 17. Book 30. Let
1: me read this synopsis.
0: Please do.
1: Family and friends are stunned when Savannah and Rochelle disappear without a trace. Is this a random abduction? or an act of revenge? While everyone scrambles to find answers, Rags stumbles upon possible clues to their whereabouts, and he leads the charge to find them. At the same time, Iris searches for answers to an ancient curse that has disrupted the peace in their new home. What odd omen was left there, and why are strangers threatening to bulldoze their property? Can rags help untangle this eerie mystery and bring harmony to the neighborhood?
0: You had me at ancient curse.
1: <laughs> this yes. We've we've dabbled in the paranormal in our Cozy Cat Mysteries before, but I did not think that Patricia Fry in this particular series was going to pivot to spooky shit. And I guess technically she didn't, but Boy,
0: did try. <laughs> from, the, from the synopsis, you would not be able to tell that it was not going to be spooky. We will walk you through that. Yes. Disappointment. That really
1: was, well, I don't know if it was my biggest gripe with this book, because I had many gripes <laughs> with this book, but <laughs> the promise of paranormal activity and not delivering on that promise was
0: very high up there. Yes. Before we start... A little bit about Patricia Fry.
1: Oh yes. Uh, again, we touched on some of this in our first episode, but I think it's worth bringing up again. Patricia Fry is a prolific cozy cat mystery author. As we've mentioned, this is her thirtieth cozy cat mystery in this series. Sorry, that's okay.
0: Kitty cat, why do you do
1: this? We received some breaking news that Sunshine's cat Malort. Has knocked
0: over one of her flower pots. My new flower pot. Oh, a new one? I just got it over the weekend. My lord. Ah, that's heartbreaking. That buddy. So destructive. Okay, Patricia Faye.
1: Yes. You know, I think we said in our first episode, from her author bio, she gave herself the gift of fiction (laughs) to share with the world, and she is still sharing it in the form of five or six new books a year. Yes. But one thing about this book that we were delighted to find was that she updated her author bio at the end of the kindle edition yes she did which sent us to her lovely website her blog i believe it's catscapades um probably should have a proper citation for that we'll
0: include it in the post we will yes um
1: But my goodness, we found a blog post detailing her writing process, and Sunshine, I can't stop thinking about this.
0: I can't stop thinking about it, and also, we can't find it again. Right, yeah. Her GeoCities, like, unnavigable blog site has buried it in the depths of the internet. And they say nothing dies on the internet, but I swear, this is gone. True.
1: It was like seeing the northern
0: (laughs) lights. It was kind of a
1: once-in-a-lifetime, very ephemeral glimmer of something that like, I just can't grasp in my human consciousness.
0: Seen into our brain transported me to another dimension.
1: Truly. Our big thing with these cozy cat mysteries is we often lament that they are not really edited. Um, <laughs> and, you know, after reading Catnapped... In listening to episode one, we were pretty sure that this book was not edited. But according to P. Fry herself, it is deeply
0: edited, heavily edited. She has other people read it, several other people. She rewrites it and rewrites it over and over again. And then she still ends up with this.
1: And she still
0: pushes out five
1: of these a year. How? Like some sort of cozy cat terminator.
0: <laughs> Exactly. And
1: I was particularly struck by how she's inspired to write. It could come from a single quote or a scene, and then she just adds in plot
0: twists. And I think it it uh, stands to her point that she does not write with an outline. No. This
1: book for sure will illustrate the fact that there is no outline in no. place. Because... No. What a ride. This book was the equivalent of like a map of Boston. It's
0: just <laughs> all over the place. This book was outlined by a bunch of Quakers with no foresight. Truly. One thing though, while we could not find
1: Patricia Fry's original post about her writing process, mm. we did find another treasure on her website.
0: We certainly did.
1: Sunshine, would you like to share with me some educational facts that you could learn by reading all 30 of the KleptoCat books?
0: Why certainly? I'm waiting with bated breath. So the one post that we can find on p uh, website, blog site, whatever it is right now... Are educational takeaways from the Klepto Cat series? It's like 75 things you can learn by reading the Kleptocat series. And by the way, all of these things that you can learn are questions that she does not answer. You have to read them to get these answers. But you could learn things like what can cause someone to have no fingerprints? What indeed? <laughs> Is there such a thing as a cat's memoir? Hmm. Hmm. Compelling. Some, something I've always wondered. Truly. Why would someone steal a horse or a cat? Great question. I feel like that is part of, a, like, a Dr. Seuss rhyme. I would not steal a horse or cat. I would not steal a mat or rat. <laughs> <laughs> there was one question in there that was like, what is a correct diet for a pregnant person. Oh, what's included in a fertility diet for a human? <laughs> yes! That was it. Also, very importantly, a thing that you could learn mm-hmm. from reading the KleptoCat mystery series is is Patricia Fry a good storyteller-writer? And that's hyphenated. That seems very subjective. It does. Can you
1: learn that? I don't know. I mean... We give P-Fry a lot of grief, and we certainly were not fans of the original book in this series, Catnaps. but I'm not mad. She got our $1.99 yeah. both times. You know what? I'm glad she gave herself the gift of fiction to I, unleash on the earth <laughs> like a plague.
0: I think that P-Fry is an amazing businesswoman, mm-hmm. and I admire the hell out of that.
1: Yeah. Her business acumen is on point. She is making money from these somewhat self published endeavors. And frankly, I hope that when I'm in my 70s, I'm crushing it just as hard as she is. Same. Same. Listen, while we might not exactly be the target
0: audience for these (laughs) books, they've brought a lot of joy to our lives. And with that said, let's talk about these garbage, garbage
1: (sighs) humans. Oh, Oh my god typically our cozy rubric we start off with our heroine and her cat and considering this is the 30th book in a a long-running series uh and we've already done an episode detailing the human and cat in question we'll just do sort of a high level what was that thing called craigslist no cliff's notes (laughs) that's what it was (laughs) version yeah. of uh, the cast of characters here. I love it. Let's see who we we've still got Savannah as our main character. Although she's now our, she is Savannah Ivy,
0: she's our Huron. Her. Oof! And she married Michael Ivy, even though we told her don't do it. She didn't
1: listen. You know what? If some dude proposes to you after knowing you for like two weeks in the back of a truck while you're holding a bunch of sick cats. Say no. Say no. Yeah, but uh, she did not opt out of that. She was like, yep, sure, let's do it. We'll get married. Now
0: they have two kids. She did not become a veterinarian, as her schooling indicated that she might be, you know, on that career path. No. She made a sharp left at motherhood and then a U turn and became a writer of cat stories for children yes so So, great job vet school
1: what a good investment
0: so she married Michael Ivey Mm -hmm. vet um and uh basically walking red flag
1: oh he's the worst Savannah's super wishy-washy even 30 books in (laughs) and Michael Ivey is still a controlling monster 30 books in yeah We'll put a pin in Michael Ivy. We have an entire rant dedicated to
0: him. We're going to circle back around yes. to Pretty Boy Michael Ivy, Pretty Boy Michael Ivey. Boy Michael Ivey. Uh, but just to skip through that cozy rubric real quick, mm-hmm. uh, presumably they still live in Hammond, USA. Which
1: I would like to point out has seemingly been retconned at some point from being in indiana to being in northern california
0: maybe she heard us she was like people think this is in indiana i know that's not cozy i'm gonna set it in norcal
1: unless there is a hammond california
0: not that i've ever heard. i mean you
1: quite literally grew up in california so i would consider you the expert on that (laughs) i am Um, a total expert on california geography yes so i think there is a retcon there so yeah hammond california Okay. Whatever.
0: Um. So I guess that's still cozy, but most of the book doesn't take place in Hammond. No,
1: the kind of main action in this book is a book tour that Savannah, her family, and Ragsdale the cat are on to promote his book.
0: I even forgot to put that in my notes, like how much that bugs me, that she goes on a book tour and takes her whole family. Yeah, it was very confusing because
1: Michael... Is still like the town veterinarian for Hammond, California. But he's like, hey, I'm closing up shop for three weeks. I got to go on this book tour we're with gonna my wife. We're going
0: to take our two, like, toddler infant children. Our two babies. Our yeah. two babies. We're going to pack them up with the cat. With the cat. And we're going
1: to drive and fly. Because let's be real, the cat is kind of the main draw for this book tour. Right. No one is like, oh, I can't wait to see your Savannah. Like, she's still a very average white lady. Yeah. People are not lining up to see her. They're no. They're like, we want to know where Rags is at. Because yeah. this cat solved so many mysteries. And uh, it's pretty wild.
0: Yeah. So that was one of my gripes. I forgot to write it down. There it is. Out in the open. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have, what else on the cozy rubric? Bumbling policemen. (sighs) Inefficient law enforcement. My God.
1: Chapters of this book could have been edited out if someone had the wherewithal to just dial 911.
0: Help. I've been kidnapped. Everyone has a cell phone. That's all it
1: takes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Everyone's got a cell phone. I'm pretty sure you can text 911 nowadays. Like, nobody does. It just... Everything goes off the rails. I don't know. Normally, when I read things or watch things that are suspenseful, I think to myself, like, what would I do in this situation? And in this case, the only thing I could
0: think of would be, like, I would be
1: dialing 911.
0: Constantly. That's all I would do the entire time. time. If I was Savannah, if I was Michael, if I was any of the characters. just... On the phone, 911. 911. Constantly. Three numbers. Help me out. This
1: is why I pay taxes. <laughs> I paid for your uniform. Yeah. Please come help me. I
0: paid to have this phone number operable.
1: Yep. Maybe bring a cool dog. That would be great. Love it. Ugh. So, granted, we have not read all 30 of these books because True. that would be crazy. So, I think some of these characters that show up to basically just be garbage are uh <laughs> recurring characters such as the sledges that's uh, yes. craig and iris um craig is a detective he appeared in some of the other books and iris is
0: she was in the first book she but was when we met her she was a waitress at a diner yes and her good for nothing like son was taking advantage of her yes But now she
1: is married to Detective Craig Sledge, they run a bed and breakfast, her good-for-nothing son is married with their grandchilds. They seem to be on the mend. Seem to be doing better. Yeah. Also from the first episode, sassy Aunt Marge and her husband Buzzkill Max are really nowhere to be found in this book, which
0: I think is a miss, because
1: at least Aunt Marge was kind of fun.
0: She was sassy. And I do love a little sass.
1: Yeah. We also have the Whitcombs, that's Peter and Rochelle, who are Michael and Savannah's... Friends? friends. Unclear. I'm assuming that they popped up in another book. Yeah. Um, But Peter is a professional artist. And And
0: Rochelle is a psychic slash jewelry maker.
1: For being a psychic, you would think that she would be able to see a lot of what transpires in this book coming from like a mile away.
0: No, she only has feelings about things. Oh, right. Which actually I think makes her an empath, not a psychic. Whatever it is, it does not serve her well
1: throughout the course of this book. No,
0: it does absolutely no good except for her to sound mysterious every now and again. Deeply confusing. Yeah. And then there's Rob and Cheryl. And Rob is their like book agent and Cheryl is his wife.
1: Yes, Rob manages all of Reg's publicity, and he sets up this book tour. And Cheryl, his wife, has a good-for-nothing brother named Mark, who is a major player in this book.
0: Yes, watch out for Mark. Yes. Okay, so that's our cozy rubric. Those are our characters. This is our setting. The crime is kidnapping. Yes. And we get that right away in the first chapter. Bam, out the door, flashback to flash forward? I think it's technically a flash forward. It's a flash forward to Savannah being kidnapped out of like a grocery store parking lot. She gets thrown in the back of a van. She doesn't know where she
1: is. She had Brags with her. Now he's gone. She's like, oh my god, my poor cat. What happened to him? And in her moment of panic, she thinks, oh, I've got my cell phone.
0: Thank goodness. It's in my back pocket. This creep did not grab my cell phone. I have a lifeline. What does she do? She
1: calls Dr. Michael Ivy. She
0: calls her husband to be like, uh, well, basically to be completely stifled by his overwhelmingly misogynistic personality. Can we talk about pretty boy Michael Ivey and what a complete monster he is he
1: almost mansplains her to death
0: (laughs) literally yes
1: so let's set the scene okay Savannah's in the back of this van yes she dials up Michael she's like Michael are you there are the children safe what does Michael say He says, Oh, honey, did you go and get yourself lost in the big city?
0: Aww. Oh, no,
1: you know, it's, uh, the grocery store to the hotel is programmed on the GPS.
0: Just put it into the GPS, hon. You know how to work the
1: GPS. Basically, she calls him in a panic. She's like, michael are you there are the kids safe and he's like we're fine we're at the hotel you're still at the store or did you stop to get a fancy coffee oh oh you couldn't find our son's baby food what a rascal and she's like no michael seriously all of a sudden out of nowhere she gets cut off someone's like hey give me that phone goes dead What does Michael Ivey do in this situation?
0: He goes through a series of thoughts that no one else in the world would ever have. No No, other human. No other human would be like, that must have been a guy getting control of his out-of-control child. Maybe she dropped her phone. His reasoning here is inexplicable.
1: It is absolutely off the charts. This ding-dong, instead of taking two minutes to be like, wow, that was a really weird interaction I just had with my wife on the phone. Maybe she's in danger. is just immediately like, no, nah, she probably went to Starbucks for a fancy coffee. Her phone died. I'm always
0: telling her to charge it. Oh, women, am I right? <laughs> Ugh, he's the worst. <clears throat> he's con- He's so condescending. And this is what gets me about him. Like, every response he has to Savannah or to someone else... Is just incredibly, like, how can he see anything with his nose so far up in the air? So far. Like, um... Oh, let's see. Yeah, so his response, like, oh, hun, you didn't go and get yourself lost in this big city, did you? And this big city is Los Angeles, which, Mm -hmm. like, is a big city, but she literally went down the street to the grocery store. Right, yeah. So, what... There's another scene where, like, Rob, the book agent, mm-hmm. is talking to Savannah. And she's like, Oh, I'm nervous. I'm so nervous to read in front of people. And Rob is like, Anyway, it's Rags they're coming to see. Rags is the one with a name for himself. And Savannah's like, oh, Of course. My famous cat. Uh, she said, Embarrassed. Uh, Michael winked across the table at her. That ought to take some of the pressure off, right, hon? Like, okay. Yeah. Also, I
1: guess it does. You know, and for all of those remarks, Michael spends so much of the book complaining about rags, mm. despite the fact that this cat is more of a breadwinner for this family than he is. Let's talk about how much he hates on this cat. This cat is literally putting food on your table and allowing you to take, like, four weeks off from your vet clinic to go on a road trip for this book signing, and you're out here like, oh, rags, oh, he's always getting into trouble,
0: oh, ragsdale, oh, gee whiz. And he's, like, totally butthurt about this cat. He keeps referring to it as, like, oh, that's your cat. Like, right. they're not married and have been married for 30 bucks, you know? Yes, 30 bucks. They've been married for 30 bucks. And he's like, that's your cat. No, y'all are partners. Yeah. It's your guys' cat together. You altogether. inherited that cat.
1: You're that cat's stepdad now. Exactly. You have yeah.
0: to take ownership. Yeah, You can't. Separate yourself from the chaos of this cat's behavior by being like, oh, no, it's not really mine.
1: Also, if it's her cat, then she should be keeping all of the money from this book tour. Yeah,
0: then it's her money, too. Yeah,
1: which I guarantee you those two do not have separate checking accounts.
0: I bet Savannah doesn't even have access to her own checking account. Probably not, because Michael Ivey is
1: straight up a 1950s monster.
0: Let's get into some quotes about him throwing shade on rags yes for example they're driving to their first location right Mm -hmm. and savannah glances over her shoulder and she's like where's my cat which like what the hell put it in a container no he's just roaming free around the back of this like (laughs)
1: suv yes yeah
0: um so she looks and she's like oh no where is rags Michael let out a deep sigh and took the next off-ramp, mumbling, It's sure going to take us a long time to get to San Francisco if we have to stop every five minutes to see where Rags is. So they pull over and they find this cat. And they get back in their car to keep going. And he's fucking sulking. Yeah.
1: He's always so sulky. He just, I think, is jealous of the cat. Which is
0: really weird. Like, the cat is emasculating him. Yeah. Like, he's not in charge of his household because this cat is making all the money. He's like, man, maybe you should have married this cat (laughs) instead of me. And honestly, (gasps) she should have married the cat. She should have. She'd be in a more, like, respectable relationship then.
1: Yeah. Michael also just has some side opinions that I think are supposed to be funny but are, like absolutely atrocious inappropriate at one point while they're on their way to san francisco a random stranger pulls off behind them and is like i saw a cat in your car and i think it's actually ma's cat and they're like no it's our cat and this random trucker is like oh well i thought it was ma ma ito's cat my friend who owns a pet store I thought you stole her cat. Again, this is, like, one of the more
0: convoluted, goofy plots. Yeah, like, why? What does this add to the story? It doesn't move the plot, doesn't fulfill the characters, it doesn't do anything. Why is this scene here? It's scenes like this that make me think that Patricia Fry's editor is just, like, a close
1: personal friend who reads her books and are like, great job, P. Fry." (laughs) Anyway, they basically take a detour into San Francisco. They help this woman... Who owns a pet store? Find her cat. It Who's turns like out was like trapped under a shelf. Yeah, he got like drywalled into a wall. <laughs> but Michael Ivy, oh my god, his freaking take on this whole situation. They're in this pet store and they hear this noise in the wall. Savannah's like, I think it's the cat. I think he's stuck in the drywall. And Michael's like, Are you sure it's not rats? Michael asked quietly, glancing around the cluttered store. He leaned closer to her and said,
0: Or cockroaches? Yeah, so rude. You are in someone's place of business. Exactly. Also, like, just quit being a creep. Yeah, just keep it to yourself, man. He's a snob.
1: Such a snob. I think, like, also when they finally get into San Francisco and make it to their friends Peter and Rochelle's house... You know, Michael greets his longtime friend Peter with a guy hug, <laughs> which...
0: Wh- oh, was that, cool. like, one arm with the ass out? Who knows? I love <laughs> that P.
1: Fry specified, though. She writes, Michael stepped out of the car and gave his longtime friend a guy hug, which is basically, like, she, she might as well have just written, like, no homo. You right? It's so absurd. But truly, for me... The number one worst Michael Ivey moment was after they eat dinner with Peter and Rochelle and they comment on Rochelle's cooking. Peter's like, this was a great meal. Nice job, honey. Good job, Peter. Michael congratulated. You do not want to complain about their cooking or you might find yourself on the stirring end of a spoon or learning how to use the microwave.
0: Because men don't cook. That's a thing for women to do. Only women belong in the kitchen. So Michael can just... Continue to die in a fire. He's the worst. I, like, everything he says rubs me the wrong way. All of his opinions, all of his behavior. I hated him from the moment he was like, I want to drive your car instead of mine. And (gasps) she was like, okay. That's fine. Sure. Like, no, girl. That's your car. You drive it. You don't know him.
1: So, Michael is terrible. Yeah but he's in good company. All of their friends and family are also just total beasts.
0: Yeah, I mean jumping off that like, oh, you might find yourself on the stern end of a spoon, like in the first chapter, Craig, who's married to Iris. Craig is that detective. Ugh, the he's worst like detective. someone's like, "Oh, hey, do you guys ever think about selling your B&B? Like, you're in your your hotel, your money maker." And he's like, Yes, when it keeps my wife from coming home in time to fix my supper. Really, oh. my dude?
1: And she's always calling me to repair things around the B&B.
0: Oh, hmm. Women, in my room. I feel like the subtitle of this book should be Women, am I right? I think that would be completely appropriate. Yeah. It's just, how can you make all our characters have these opinions? Right. They're just terrible. And, I mean, it's, like, not just Michael and, like, the men that have these opinions of women. It's, like, how the women behave as well. Like, Savannah's in the back of her kidnapper's truck, right? Mm -hmm. And she's, like, trying to figure out if she can fight her way out. But, of course, even though the man was slight in stature, without the use of her hands, she was no match for him. She's just so delicate and slender. Her tiny little peg legs couldn't do nothing no, no nothing at all um there's another <laughs> there's a there's one quote that I wrote my note for it was laud wherever is my fainting couch yes uh, and it's like when they're looking for rags in the back of uh their s u v right and Savannah's talking to her daughter, her toddler daughter, and she's like. Not now, honey, Savannah said. We can't find Rags. We're looking for Ragsy. Oh, Michael, we just have to find him. What shall we do? A lot of people invoke the phrase, what shall
1: we do? Whatever
0: shall we do? A lot
1: of times in this book. There's another instance when Michael is on the phone with Craig Sledge and he's like, Savannah's been kidnapped, Craig. What shall I do? And just like, you shall call the police. (laughs) Which he never does, which... No.
0: We will... We'll get there. We'll get there. We have a long road, but we'll get there. And then the... Uh, okay, so basically following that stern end of the spoon con- uh, comment... Yes. Peter and Rochelle are talking about how Peter's been getting these random psycho notes left which, on his car, at his door. Again... I think this is kind of an
1: umbrella category that we could sum this episode up with, but like, why did you not call the police? Report that shit. He's like, yeah, you know, I've just been getting notes in my studio and in my car. They're like made of chopped up magazines and they always say things like, pretty boy Peter, I'll take my revenge on you. But you know, it's probably just like some punk kid having fun or like a rival artist trying to intimidate me.
0: I'm not going to worry about it, though. What? No, worry about that. That's weird. Report that shit. Yeah. And Rochelle's like, man, if I saw him, I'd... uh, I'd... And Peter's like, what would you do, my delicate angel, Peter asked. Throw fairy dust at him and politely ask him to play nice? Nah, Rochelle will kick his ass. Yeah. She's a strong, independent woman. I hope she kicks
1: your ass, Peter, because you are a sucky husband.
0: She's a psychic and a jewelry maker.
1: Yeah, that's cool. I also don't know what kind of artwork he does. It's always alluded to, like, oh, Peter is a former veterinarian turned artist. I'm assuming he just, like, paints cats. (laughs) I hope that's it. Um, I hope it's, like, cat portraits. I hope it is, too. I hope they're, like, very, very extra, but... Yeah, no, we don't actually know what he does. I'm sure that was explained in the previous 29
0: books. There's, uh, there's, like, a lot of implied shade toward, uh, Savannah and Rochelle being lesbians. Oh, my God,
1: yes, because, you know, if you're kidnapped with your friend who's also a female, the only explanation possible...
0: is that you guys ran away together to be lovers. Of course. Yes. And there's even something before they're kidnapped where Michael, like, looks at Savannah's, like, you two have become fast friends, haven't you? Yeah, even
1: Detective Craig Sledge, who you think would approach facts like these, you know, in sort of an unbiased fact-finding manner, is like, oh, well, you know, are you still in San Francisco? Hey, the girls are probably out seeing some nightlife. Am I right? I wouldn't worry about them. Like, they've been missing for over a day. They're, They're not out
0: at the club. They have... Both of these men have ransom letters. Yes. Both of these men have been routinely
1: receiving letters that are like, gonna take revenge on you, just a matter of time. Which, I mean, And they have
0: specific letters that are like, I have something very important to you. Oh, yeah. I wonder, is it your wife who's missing? Gosh, who knows? Maybe... Maybe that
1: would be a good thing to call and tell the police, but they don't. They call Craig Sledge because they're like, well, we know a policeman. <laughs> and look, I will be honest. I'm not really familiar with police work at all, but I'm pretty sure I can't call a cop from one town and be like, can you come like solve this mystery and arrest this kidnapper and have him drive down to like a completely different
0: jurisdiction and be like, I'm on the case. Yeah, I but d- I do not think that that's how professional police work. That's how it works in this book. That's true. They call up
1: Craig Sledge, that old sexist a-hole, to go solve the case. And, you know, his first theory that Savannah and Rochelle are just at the club and not kidnapped turns out to not be true. Uh, But his second theory as to why they were kidnapped made my jaw drop. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Craig is, he concludes, well, maybe someone saw the two of them. They're very attractive women, you know.
0: Kidnapped because you're too hot. Yep, yeah, that's why. Ironclad logic. There we go. Yeah. He's a detective for a reason, obviously. Yes.
1: He's like hot, definitely kidnapped. Not hot, mm, mm, no explanation. Yeah.
0: Could be anything. Could be really. anything.
1: Probably aliens. Yeah. I
0: don't know. Mm, I gotta get home. Definitely to no one would take her. Right, grass, yeah.
1: ew, woof. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, He's terrible.
0: Yeah. (sighs) This
1: entire kidnapping plot, honestly, was just... I mean, you know, at the top of the episode, we read the summary, which briefly touched on the kidnapping plot, but seemed to, like, lean heavier into ancient curses and
0: omens. That's Um, what I came here for.
1: I came here for this, too, but it was mostly about this kidnapping plot. So, spoiler alert... You know, Savannah and Rochelle get kidnapped by a former veterinary school colleague of Michael and Peters, who is jealous of all their success as veterinarians and artists. So this dude is like, "I'm gonna
0: kidnap your wives." And um, my theory is that they were the only two ones that he could find on Facebook, and he yes. was like, "Man, you guys suck. I'm so mad." And the, the like, logic behind this kidnapping is so flimsy. So flimsy.
1: And, again, I don't know a lot about police work, and I certainly don't know a lot about being kidnapped. But if I was going to kidnap someone, I probably wouldn't just leave them randomly unattended.
0: He's like, I'm going to go out for beer. Yes. Be back later. Dude goes on a beer
1: run. Savannah and Rochelle are like, great, we can wriggle out of these restraints, and we're going to make a run for it in the forest, even though Rochelle's like, I don't have shoes. <laughs> and Savannah's like, you can wear this creepy dude's flip-flops. And she's like, oh, my guess.
0: Uh, by the way, Savannah's reactions to being kidnapped... Can Can I read a couple quotes? Please. Her... Man, again,
1: don't know a lot about being kidnapped, can't speak from personal experience, but I don't think I'd react this way. So...
0: One of the... He, like, pulls her out of the van, and he's, like, dragging her toward the cabin. She's like, damn it. I wish he'd taken this blindfold off. He's not a very good guide. I'll be lucky if I don't fall. He's moving too fast, and the ground's uneven. And then he gets her inside into, like, a room. And she's like, I'm cold. I hope he's going to bring me a blanket. Girl, you've just been kidnapped. You've been you are moved to
1: the second location. You are statistically so likely to get murdered...
0: What are you thinking? He's I'm, not going to bring you a blanket. I'm shaking my head in disbelief. He's like, going to bring a knife to stab you with. He's going to stab you and bury your body in a ditch. And a dog is going to bring your femur to a farmer. Right. And that's the only way they're going to be able to confirm that you are dead. Yeah. Only logical explanation. His but, whole, her her whole thing where she's like, oh my God, this is not the treatment that I've become used to. Yeah. Like... Well, you're getting kidnapped. You're being kidnapped. Also, this dude's fully like,
1: I can't turn back now. I've already kidnapped you, so I gotta murder you (laughs) after I go out for beer. Like, what? He's... Luckily, he telegraphs all of his moves way in advance. So those two geniuses are able to escape, even though they have to run barefoot, across what I would describe as the backwoods of los angeles
0: so this is a part that really confused me so rochelle is abducted from san francisco and brought down and then savannah is abducted from los angeles and they are both like transported somewhere outside of los angeles not too far because everyone can get there pretty easily yes but far enough away that you have people who say things like, well, I guess I'd head for the cave up yonder. Yeah, that's where I'd go if I knew the area and figured city slickers like you all wouldn't. It's full of hillbillies, apparently. The outskirts of LA is full of hillbillies. Right, they all live
1: in like a one-room shack. With no phone. No phones. Uh, Barns large scary farm dogs although despite that they do have a familiarity with rochelle's husband's peter's artwork
0: yeah explains to me that
1: yeah right. they're like
0: oh this obscure artist from san francisco well yes mm-hmm. i love his work we're ever so familiar and she's like i'll have him paint you a picture
1: because you saved my life by by the it way makes no sense
0: so it's like laura lee and uh what is that guy's this like jab or jeb, something? I it, don't was don't know. jeb. it was jeb like, Oh, low energy, Jeb. Uh, oh no. <laughs> I'm sorry to bring that muck up. Uh. All right, so it's Jeb and Laura Lee, and this is at the end of all this. Like, Craig Sledge busts through the door and gets kidnapper yes. in the cave, and yada yada yada. And uh, Laura Lee has like fed them cookie dough and stuff because right, they haven't eaten because they've been stuck in a kidnapper shed, right? for two days until the dude's like gotta go get beard don't run away (laughs) and so savannah and rochelle are about to leave laura lee's like i'm awfully glad you stopped in it was wonderful meeting all of you laura lee hugged savannah please stay in touch will you then appearing a little embarrassed she said I'd love to be counted among your friends. Yeah. How sweet, Savannah said. How, How sweet.
1: sweet. How sweet. I almost died. Darling.
0: But... Oh, you little woman. Oh, my goodness. That's precious. So I'll consider it. I'll
1: be sending you a Christmas card. Oh, my goodness.
0: What? How
1: sweet. Insane.
0: It's so condescending. So condescending. This woman's like, my God, you've been through a traumatic experience. I'm glad I was here for you. Yeah, like, glad you didn't re- actually get murdered in that shack in the woods
1: let's keep in touch and Savannah's like how sweet. Ew, how sweet god she's insufferable she's the worst you know so that basically wraps up the kidnapping plot of this book it was uh, a vet school colleague that was jealous of michael and peter and decided to kidnap their wives and try and ruin their businesses that's like the middle chunk of the book Again, there's no, like, paranormal activity about that. That's just straight up a crazy guy that was like, I'm going to write you ransom notes and you knuckleheads can't put two and two together to call the cops and realize that I kidnapped your wives even though my ransom notes were explicit. But can we talk about the paranormal plot in this book?
0: Yes. In one second, though. Okay. So, just to circle back on how much these dudes suck. Uh, So... The kidnapper guy, like, for some reason can't help himself. And he's, like, outside the hotel. Like, he's going to leave another note to be like, hey, in case you didn't get it, I have your wife. What are you going to do about it, man? Yeah. Are you sad or what? Like, so Rob and Cheryl are out walking rags Mm because that cat needs to be walked very high maintenance Cheryl sees her brother who spoiler alert is also the bad guy
1: yeah this is again it's I guess California is a very small state with only like 200 people in it but Savannah's agent's
0: wife's brother is her kidnapper and so uh While they're out walking Rags, they see this van. Rags goes crazy because he's the Messiah cat and he knows everything. Truly. (laughs) And, like, a shoe falls out of the van. And there's this conversation that happens when Rob and Cheryl find the shoe. Yes. So Cheryl has talked to her brother. He got in the van. He drove away, right? And she grinned. Wow. I wonder if he has a girlfriend "'Maybe that's what he's spending all that money on, "'whining and dining a woman.' "'Rob scoffed. "'I doubt that. "'It's more likely he stole the shoes.' Cheryl placed the shoe on the curb "'next to the parking space where they'd found it "'and continued walking with Rob and Rags. "'She said quietly, "'I hope he's not hurting women.' "'Rob looked at her. "'Why would you say that?' "'That shoe,' she explained." and his defensive attitude just now. Oh, he's probably playing around with hookers, Rob said, (laughs) laughing. That's where all that money goes that you're giving him. So, Cavalier. Oh, honey. Oh, honey, it's hookers. (laughs) All that money you give your brother, he spends on hookers. He's just paying for sex. Oh. And then she's like, hookers? And he's like, yeah, that could be a hooker shoe. She shook her head. Oh no, that's not a hooker shoe. It's too chic. Too uh, chic for a hooker. Too chic. Hookers don't have chic shoes. Of course not. First of all, they're sex workers. Yes. Get it straight. Right. Secondly, I am sure that some sex workers have very chic shoes. Right. Are huh. they just
1: like... I'm sorry, the only
0: shoes hookers
1: wear are the thigh-high boots that Julia Roberts wears in Pretty Woman. That
0: is exactly what they're thinking. Like, if it's not Fashion Nova... Yes. It's not a hooker shoe. No way. I was reading this in the bath, (laughs) and my jaw dropped. I almost drowned. Oh, no. (laughs) I could not believe I had just read that scene. It's quite quite an exchange. Yes. So, anyway... I had to bring that up before we switch to... Before
1: we close the book on this plot, thank you for bringing that up. This this was an important aside. Honestly, I think we've exhausted the kidnapping plot. We have to... This is almost like two books in one. You know, we have the kidnapping with the brother-in-law kidnapping Savannah and Rochelle because he's jealous of Michael and Peter. No paranormal activity whatsoever. No ghosts. No spirits. Nothing spooky. Despite the fact that the Amazon description was talking about ancient elms, ancient curses. What the hell? You know that that is a plot in this book, but it's pretty weak. Basically, the book opens. They're at Iris and Craig Sledge's large, lovely bed and breakfast. Oh my god! When a mysterious character shows up, knocking at the front door.
0: And everyone is an asshole about it. To everyone be is honest. such a dick. So, Holy smokes. this guy, this fisherman from Northern California who says things like landlubber, yeah. like he is straight out of Moby Dick. He
1: is like an old timey sea captain. He rolls up in like a little hat and sweater <laughs> and like a bristly beard, like our matey. Ar- yes. <laughs> I'd be looking for my, my first family treasure. Cursed treasure. Yeah. I'm like, wow, who are you? Do you want to come for dinner? Just kidding. Why is this guy here for dinner? So oh. they
0: invite they invite him to their family dinner and it's like a huge group of them. It's like fifteen people, babies, like cats? Ma- cats, married couples. It doesn't help that the cats have human names. They're all like Dolly and Dottie and Maddie and I don't
1: even and know. Buddy. You're like, who's a person and who's a cat? Nobody knows. Impossible to tell. It's like the same level. People and cats are the same.
0: So they invite him to dinner. Who knows why? If a, got- if a crazy man showed up in my front yard and my uncle invited him into the house, I'd be like... This is a little uncomfortable, uh, and we need to end this right now. I know why, though, because it's the good Christian thing to do. Oh, we'll circle back to that. Hold on, I think I've got the um. The so hold on. So they invite him in, but then they constantly mock him. He's like, ah, my family left something here ages ago." And uh, Savannah asked, "So what is it?" She turned to Craig and glanced at Iris. Have you found something here that might belong to Mr. Silver? And then Damon, who I think
1: is Iris's son. I think it's her deadbeat son who seemingly turned his life around, right. got married,
0: and of course, had a baby. I, that's the only thing to do. Only thing. Uh, so he says, yeah, an anchor or a compass or bait. <sighs> Good one. And Oliver looked up at Damon, then continued shuffling the food into his I would look at him, too. Yeah, Like, excuse me? Just
1: because I am a old sea captain from Northern California does not mean that I am here for an anchor. Yeah. Come on, guy.
0: I'm
1: looking for a cursed family heirloom that I cannot describe with words. Uh, I'm just gonna hint around it for ten chapters. Oh, it was so annoying. He kept hinting at it. And honestly, even at the end of the book, it was unclear what exactly this thing was.
0: A medallion, maybe? I think it was. Well... Who knows? So, during this session, though, Brianna, who I think is his wife, maybe. I thought that she might have
1: been Savannah's sister.
0: Oh, you're right. I think you're right. Okay. So, Brianna... Again,
1: unclear. She might also be a talking cat.
0: Oh, who knows? <laughs> uh... Brianna giggled and suggested, is it some sort of medication? When the others looked at her, she explained, well, he said it's a matter of life and death. Is that a giggling matter? No. Do you giggle over, is it some sort of medication that your family left here? One, like, not even a joke.
1: Not even funny. No. Really kind of a stretch, Brianna. Like, you need to workshop that one some
0: more. Yeah. And also kind of inappropriate. Totally. Not a laughing matter, no no, we're way too close to the situation to be laughing about his life and death matter, truly. I mean, this whole
1: exchange is crazy this This old dude shows up, he's like, "Yeah, my family left something on this property, and Iris, who is you know the proprietress of this b and b and also just a busybody trash oh. lady is like, you know what? I'm going to do a bunch of research. Your name is Oliver Silver. I'm going to research your whole family bloodline, see if I could find anything about the curse. So it cuts back to her basically just, like, snooping around and making everyone's life nasty. But she doesn't get too far until after Savannah's kidnapped and returns to Hammond, USA. And holy smokes, when Savannah returns to Hammond, USA, after her kidnapping, Iris is like, Hey, I know you just got kidnapped, but you good? Because we gotta go track down this old man that showed up at my house and is like, we need to find my cursed heirloom. Because I got some dirt on him and I think I know what's I think I know what's up.
0: And for the record, Savannah's like, no, I'm not that good.
1: She's definitely not that good. She's like, I'm really shaken up. I'm afraid to leave my house. I got kidnapped leaving a grocery store. I got
0: chloroformed. Yeah, I thought I was gonna die. I, I was ran tied up miles through the woods, practically barefoot, I not thought, knowing whether I would find somewhere or die of exposure. I thought I would never see my children again.
1: I'm actually not great. And Iris Sledge is like,
0: cool. Shut up. Let's yeah, okay, go. Okay, great.
1: Uh, let's go to lunch. Oh, uh, actually, we're not going to lunch. We're going to go ambulance chasing.
0: Yeah, she's like, frankly, I've kind of lost my appetite for furniture shopping, Iris pointed. Here comes the ambulance, she faced Savannah. Hey, let's follow him to the hospital. And Savannah's like, you're kidding, right? Yeah, the old man
1: that showed up at Iris' house, they witnessed him getting smashed by a car. And instead of being like, oh, how terrible, do you think he's all right? Iris is like, you know what? We gotta go uh, follow him to the hospital and interrogate him because I want to know what he wants to do with my house. And Savannah's like, okay, fine, that's all well and good, but let me go find someone to watch my kids. So she calls up her Aunt Marge, and Aunt Marge is like, I can watch the kids, but, you know, what's going on? And Savannah's like, oh, you know that old dude that showed up at Iris' place? He's been hit by a car. She smirked playfully at her friend and said... Iris wants to ask him some questions before he dies or something. Again, so cavalier. Just like, whatever.
0: Unbelievable. He got run over. It's no big deal. She smirks playfully. Yeah. Uh-huh. And says, My friend wants to ask him some questions before he dies or something. Can like, you watch
1: my kids or not? Because we're about to go interrogate someone who almost died at a hospital. And that is exactly what they do. They roll up to the hospital. They're like, Hey, uh, did an ambulance just come through with, like, an old sea captain? And the nurse is like, it sure did, but, you know, we're only letting friends and family come see him. And they're like, we're his cousins. And the nurse is like, yep, seems legit. yep. Go on in. Right this way. They roll in, and they're like, hey, what's up, old sea captain? And he's like, oh, my God, you guys again?
0: Really? Right now? And they're like, yeah, pretty much. And then Iris steals money out of, or she steals an envelope. Yes. He's
1: all, like, doped out on morphine, and he's like, just leave me alone. Why are you in my hospital room? And Iris is like, oh, you know, no reason. Digs through his coat. He's like, what are you doing? She finds something, pulls an envelope out of his jacket, and is like, all right, Savannah, back to your minivan. They get back in her minivan. And she says, quote, Okay, now if it's money, we could be in real trouble. We? Savannah questioned. You're driving the getaway car, kid. Savannah slumped. Oh my gosh. She looked briefly at Iris a couple of times before she opened the envelope, asking, Is it money? <laughs>
0: Luckily, it's not did, money. Did it, I just commit a crime?
1: Did I just commit a crime? And Iris is like, whatever. I just... Just, just made, shut up. I needed you to drive the getaway car. I have to see why this, what this old sea captain wants on my property.
0: I'm in the middle of an investigation. Your feelings and well-being mean nothing to me. Don't care that you just got kidnapped. You're on another high-stakes adventure.
1: Hope you're cool with that. <sighs> Hold on. There's one more quote I need to find about the old sea captain being in the hospital when Iris gives him a $5 bill.
0: (gasps) Yes. No. So the quote is that they go and get him released. They, like, yes. find the thing in the yard that oh, yeah. he thinks his family left. Okay. And they go to the hospital to get him out, check him out, and since they're his cousins. Oh, right. The hospital's like, yeah, okay, whatever, cool, take him. Yes.
1: Right. So, Savannah and Iris, under the guise of being
0: cousins,
1: roll on in. They're like, hey, man, guess what? Uh, you know what? We found the thing that you were looking for on Iris's property, we're busting you out, and we're solving this mystery. And the sea captain's like, oh, okay, but uh, can I borrow a couple of dollars from you guys? I think the nurses must have frisked me when I wasn't looking.
0: First of all.
1: What? what? Second of all, Iris is like, okay, sure, fine. Here's, here's five bucks, which is the nicest thing Iris has done the whole book. And then Savannah, she says, I bet you won't get any change back under her breath. Yeah. Way to be as terrible as Michael Ivey. Just awful. He's rubbed off on her. So, anyway, Savannah, Iris, and the Sea Captain, they leave. The book is not explicit about what exactly they find on Iris's property that the Sea Captain thinks is like the cursed item. Apparently, as close as I can tell, it was some sort of like medallion church. Yeah,
0: like some. Medallion. Some like religious, religious medallion. Yeah.
1: So. The sea captain's like, yep, this is it. My great-grandfather stole this from a church, and you're not supposed to steal, especially from church, so let's go find a church and return this, and then my family will be free of the curse. And Iris is like, great, because I don't want you coming on my property and being like, yeah, it's cursed, because that is really just harsh in my mellow. So hop into Savannah's minivan— We going to church.
0: This, like, almost final scene where they go to church to return this dumb fake medallion to, like, cure this guy of his family curse is so trite and so contrived. And this pastor here is, like, simultaneously the worst, but also the worst.
1: Yeah, the whole thing I think is supposed to be an argument for, like, isn't religion great it sure keeps you on the right path but i would argue that p fry's thesis here is that church sucks yes the whole it's manipulative so manipulative the whole thing they roll up to this church of course there's pastor david who's hanging out and he's like is that a cat in your car samantha's like yep sure is it's rags he's like great cool and when the sea captain goes to return the medallion, he's like, oh, another one of these. And everyone's like, what do you mean another one? I thought it was the singular cursed medallion from church. And the pastor's like, oh, no, church has mass produced these fancy golden medallions, knowing that people would steal them, but also knowing that people would be so guilty over stealing from church that the guilt would cause them to turn their lives around.
0: And there's this great moment where Oliver has been like, this thing brought my family nothing but bad luck and misfortune, yeah. and we had old people die and crops go bad and stuff like that. Truly, we've been cursed from stealing from the house of God. Right. And Pastor Dave is, like, talking about the history of this object, and he he's like, uh, this belief that it's cursed. Mm-hmm was probably started by someone who took one of the objects and began blaming it for all of their bad fortune. He nodded toward Oliver. Maybe it was your family who started the rumor.
1: Dang! Excuse me! Pastor Dave, these aren't even parishioners. These are just people that rolled up and were like, we need one curse lifted, please. Like yeah.
0: You're going to throw shade like that on Oliver Silver? The mayor just got out of the hospital. He was hit by a car. Yeah, he's an old sea
1: captain who, like, is somehow a sea captain in Northern California. Just, that can't yeah. be lucrative.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, and then, like, there's a whole bunch of, like, preachy moment, like, life lesson stuff. Like, eh, the oh. you're your life's in your control and all you need to do is believe that you can have success. Right, It's inside of you all along and like paragraph after paragraph. It's of like
1: a Hallmark Channel original movie monologue that's basically like, oh, you think your life is so bad? Well, don't you have a family that loves you? Why, yes. Don't you have your health? Even though he's just been hit by a car. He's, he's like, like, yes, well. I do. <laughs> It's like, and- well, that's all you need. God has already provided everything for you, and all you did was steal a cursed medallion that was mass-produced to guilt people into
0: coming to church more. All you have to do is activate your own empowerment. It's Buckwild. And literally all three, like, Oliver Silver, the poor cursed sea captain... <laughs> Iris, the nosy b owner, and Savannah, the lackluster, like, stay-at-home house mom. Mm-hmm. All three of them are like, why, pastor? I do believe you've given me permission to live my life. How can I ever repay you?
1: And Savannah's like, man, I got kidnapped two weeks ago, but this conversation with this rando pastor has made me realize that I've been living in fear, and I can't do that. And it's like... No, you can do that. You literally just got kidnapped by a crazy man who threw you into the back of a van and drove you to a murder shed. It's cool (laughs) if you're like, I think I want to see a therapist or just spend
0: some time at home. You should see a therapist. If you are ever kidnapped by a dude who throws you into a van and then drives you out to a murder cabin and, and you survive... Please go see a therapist. Yeah, you don't just need Jesus. You can, like,
1: get all the help you need. All of the help. Well, I'm good. I better go apologize to Michael for not being a good wife these past couple weeks. And I'm like, apologize to Michael never. He is (laughs) the freaking worst. He doesn't deserve that. I hate him.
0: And then it all ends with the pastor being like, hey, have you ever thought about selling your cat? (laughs) Oh, no, yes. (laughs) And Savannah's like... Constantly, she petted rags. Why? The pastor grinned. Well, on those Sundays when the collection plate's a little light, I thought maybe he could pull tens and twenties and hundreds out of the pockets of some of our tighter parishioners. Everyone laughed. Ha ha ha! <laughs> Let's steal money from the congregation. Good one, Pastor David. <laughs> <laughs> Organized religion is trash. That is what I got from this. Yes. P-Fry, if that is not what you meant, you need to talk to your editors, because they are not helping you out. Truly. (sighs) What a ride. So, before we go, I feel like we had a couple of miscellaneous complaints that didn't really fall under anything. Let's
1: just do a lightning round. Let's
0: do a lightning round. (laughs) That's so fun. Okay, so, my first one is... Everyone always asks for clarification on obvious shit. Let me give you a few examples. Damon spoke up. Be careful there, Oliver. With Maddie's brownies, you can't just eat one. What do you mean? Maddie asked. Dana, what does it mean when someone says you can't just eat one? Um, Do you have any confusion about the meaning behind that?
1: You might eat more than one?
0: More than one. It means they taste good. Oh. It's like that. Once you pop, the fun. Once you
1: pop, you just don't stop. It's like (laughs) Pringles.
0: Pringles. It's like Pringles. Everyone knows this. Why would you clarify that? Okay, another example. Uh, I think Peter says Is Mercury in retrograde? mercury and gatorade what <laughs> huh michael asked Ugh. as if he had never heard about mercury being in retrograde
1: which honestly i attribute to all of my problems and i think it's just a science fact
0: i think that mercury has been in rush grade since 2016 i
1: think mercury has been in retrograde for the entire writing process and publishing of this <laughs> book uh
0: let's see. hold on a couple more I think we both want to go home where we can cocoon for a while. Cocoon, Michael questioned. What does cocoon mean?
1: Who knows? Can you
0: not derive some meaning from the context? Why
1: would you want to spend a lot of time at home after you were just kidnapped and almost murdered? Weird.
0: Uh I have to wonder if he's trying to pass on the curse. Curse, Iris questioned. Pass it on? What do you mean? It's just like everyone does this thing and I feel like it's P Fry's way of being like, perhaps the reader has not
1: yes. easily
0: interpreted what I mean by this phrase, so I shall have a another character question it so that I can explain it more s- thoroughly. Do you mean like this instinct yes. instance? Sure, Savannah said. Why do you ask? I
1: sense that you're making a point. <laughs> just thinking you're maybe making then, a point. Are you
0: making a point? Are you? Are you? Oh my god, there's so much dumb language. Oh, so dumb. Craig Sledge.
1: Ugh. Now, fellas, when you're not accustomed to chasing down slick operators,
0: sometimes they can bamboozle you. What, is he, like, a classic, like, dick? Like, detective? Right. Like, is this a noir film? No. Is he Humphrey Bogart?
1: Also, just a callback to Craig Sledge being a terrible cop, during this whole kidnapping confrontation... He basically charges in there, pulls his gun on the kidnapper. The kidnapper grabs Rochelle and pulls a knife. And Craig's like, shit, I don't know what to do. So he drops his gun. But two pages later, he has another gun in, like, his ankle holster. Yes. Which he pulls out to, like, chase the kidnapper into a cave. And it's like, where was that gun
0: two pages ago? Right? Dude. What are you doing? I also love when uh, he... Heads into the police station after they've captured this dude. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, Craig went to high alert and joined Rob and the two policemen who were ushering him away. I'll take responsibility for him, Craig said. He showed his badge. I'm Detective Craig Sledge from Northern California. He's a friend of mine. I'll be responsible for him. Oh, cool. That's fine. Yeah. Go for it. Oh, from Northern California. Oh, great. You're a detective from a region. That's great. That's cool. cool. Yeah. You you're have good. full authority here. Got this under Please control. Please use our resources. This is only the LAPD. We don't have anything to do. Yeah. Feel free. Yeah. Just thanks. Ah. Oh, thank you Gra- for solving yeah. this
1: crime. You're We're really smell. getting us out of a lot of jams.
0: P. Fry writes about thirty-year-olds but uses the slang of 8 year olds yes so like isn't that a kick well kiddo lots of gosh and what shall i do what shall i do oh my god craig sledge trying to be a super smooth detective yes this whole scene he takes his cell phone out and and i quote Craig put his phone on mirror and held it up as if he were talking into it.
1: I think he, he's using the front-facing camera to look over his shoulder. He's using mirror mode. Mirror mode. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> I put my phone on mirror. I just wish I had a pair of, like, cool sunglasses to put, put down over my face. Right. right to, like, <laughs> mirror mode engage. <laughs> oh, Craig. Uh, I also really like that throughout this book, women be drinking coffee yes there were so many mentions of savannah and her gosh darn mochas yeah when she's kidnapped michael's like probably wants to get a fancy coffee decaf am i right when her and rochelle finally escape from the murder cabin savannah's like when this is all over we're gonna go get mochas and
0: rochelle's like sounds great when Peter and Cheryl are walking, and Cheryl's like, I'm so upset about my brother. What a dirtbag. I just keep giving him money, and he's trash. Spending it on hookers. <laughs> nice shoes. <laughs> Rob's like, Don't worry, honey. We'll go get a fancy coffee after this. Like, the way to placate a woman is to get her a fancy coffee. Yep. Did Listen. you just
1: get kidnapped? Frappuccino, you're
0: fine. <laughs> Just put a Frappuccino on it. You'll you're, feel better in the morning. You're great. You're good. Let's see. Let's I also else. love that right after Craig Sledge frees the women, first of all, they did not realize that it was not a coincidence that the two of them were kidnapped from different cities and then thrown into the same murder cabin. He's yeah. like, one guy did it all. And they're like, What? Huh?
1: You mean the same guy that kept writing identical ransom notes to Pretty Boy Peter and Pretty Boy Michael Ivy?
0: What? And then he's also like, but we don't know the motive yet. Except y'all had threatening letters that explicitly stated the motive was revenge yeah
1: it was very clear and eventually to ruin their businesses but he never quite got to the
0: point where he figured that out he was not a sophisticated criminal no he was not the other thing that all of these character did characters did that drove me crazy was they would jump to the wrongest conclusions really crazy conclusions right Uh, they're out, they're thinking about finding the medallion, and Rags, Messiah cat that he is, starts digging. And, uh, Savannah's like, what is it, Rags? What has your interest? She leaned over and examined the area. Suddenly she shouted, oh, this is Iris saying this. Yes. Suddenly she shouted, Savannah, look, I think he found something. What? Savannah asked, chuckling, a spider or a lizard? She shuddered, it's not a gopher, is it? Y'all are looking for a, like, ominous, paranormal, religious artifact in the backyard. You know that Rags is the messiah and that he can do no wrong, that he finds everything. And you're like, is it a gopher? Honestly,
1: though, it reminds me of the first book of Catnapped (laughs) when Aunt Marge's husband, Buzzkill Max, was like, cats can die in a lot of ways. (laughs) Yes they oh. could get trapped in garages and suffocate, they could eat poisoned gophers. <laughs> Maybe P-Fry knows something about gophers that we don't.
0: It could be. That I could be know. why Savannah is so so frightened by this. Terrified. Yes, she shuddered. It's not a gopher, is it? The Jeb, the guy that find, Jeb, uh, yes. finds the girls. The friendly hillbilly. <laughs> who, upon meeting the women who are... Clearly In ragged, distress. yes. distressed. They're like, Oh my, excuse me, sir, may we borrow a phone? Instead of like, help, please call the police. My yeah. man has kidnapped us. Yeah. They're like, My, do you have a phone we might borrow?
1: Yeah.
0: He's like, Have you been held prisoner up here by a bear or something? By a bear. No, Jab. By a bear? No. They have not been held prisoner by a bear. I don't even think there are bears in Southern California anymore. I don't anymore. think bears hold prisoners. I think they just eat whoever. Yeah. They eat you. Yeah. Or they trap you. Right. What do you, what do you think? Like, there's super bears in the hills of Los Angeles? Also,
1: Jeb was like, and his wife were very shitty when they showed up and they're like, can we please use your phone? We've been kidnapped. They're like, I don't know. Have you? Have you Seems been kidnapped? a little suspicious. You're both really dirty and aren't wearing shoes, but. Can
0: you give us a little more information about yeah. your kidnapping? I'm We're just not, not quite really sure. sure I believe you. Yeah. Terrible. Uh, <laughs> terrible. Everything Michael Ivy thinks after Savannah calls him in the beginning, he's like, Oh, I just wanted to <laughs> put my head through a wall. Uh, probably just some random guy talking to his out of control child. Yep. I'll bet her phone went dead. Uh-huh. I bet she'll call me back. She's just on her way to pick up a fancy <laughs> coffee. Women, am I right? And then when Rags shows up, he's like, Savannah... Uh, thinking maybe she had slipped into an alcove, leaving rags at the door as a joke. Why would she do that? Yeah. Is that funny? Is that the kind of humor that Savannah has? Honestly, for this book, probably. Probably. That would be the kind of humor. I'll bet she forgot something in the car. And then all the guesses about why they were kidnapped and who did it. Are they lesbians? Lesbians. Are they lost? Wait, can you find the lesbian quote? Let me
1: find the lesbian quote because...
0: This also made my jaw drop. So like, not people. quite as bad as the hooker comment. The hooker comment was the worst. Let me find the lesbians. Um, uh,
1: quote, Peter spouted, Yeah, well, I sure as hell can't even begin to consider that those
0: two are lesbians and they're having an affair behind our backs. You can't consider that? You just said it out loud.
1: And honestly, they would be so much better
0: off just leaving the both of you. If Savannah and Rochelle got together, I would be like, yes, girls. Yeah, finally. Yes. Ditch your idiot husbands who
1: can't call the police when you're clearly kidnapped and you've received ransom notes. Uh, They
0: suck. They suck so bad. So are they lesbians? Are they lost in the big city? Is it a gang initiation? Are they just out at the club? Are they just hanging out drinking coffee like women do? Oh, my right. Uh, Women. Women. Man. So, as you can see from this wild and crazy recap. This is a
1: wild and crazy book. But, um, you know, I wanted to conclude with probably my favorite quote of this entire book.
0: Please bring it home.
1: Suspiciously on the nose. (laughs) Peter remarks on Savannah's writing career. Yay, you can make it a mini-series of books, Peter suggested. You could come out with a new book in the series every
0: few months. P-Fry, is that you? Oh, uh, P-Fry, we see you. We see you. You out here. That thinly-veiled self-like inspiration. You're writing what you know. Writing what you know, girl. Uh Godspeed P Fry. So you know what? We skipped over a lot of our quotes. We both and the- have
1: approximately 20 pages of quotes and notes for this book. <laughs> We're a little out of practice with putting together these podcasts, but we tried our damnedest, and this book was insane.
0: Yeah. Uh as a reminder, please rate, review, and subscribe. We are on Facebook, we are on Instagram, we are on Twitter, although we, neither of us, really know how to use Twitter. It's confusing. So it's, a, it's a young young man's game. Hit us up at uh, partersherote
1: at gmail.com or perdershewrote.com and join us next month for another sequel that we are reading. Holy Molly, you guys if you remember episode 11 murder at the art gallery we will be diving into the sequel for our next episode <laughs> murder at the pet spa by eleanor kittering
0: and i'm pretty sure our thesis for that episode is was this book written by a neural network tune in next month stay tuned to find out Love you, kittens. Bye. Bye.